I'm going to share a chapter out of a book from Ernest Holmes and William H.D. Hornaday. The book is called Help for Today, Chapter 7, Don't Let Worry Defeat You. Are you a chronic warrior? Warrior, a person who worries. Too many people today are unaware of their constant participation in one of the most destructive states of the human mind, worry. If you want to determine whether you are a warrior or not, it might be helpful for you to analyze your own thoughts on the subject. Are you constantly fretting over finances, debts you owe, or a time in life when you will be unable to work? How do you sleep? Do you lie awake, fearful of tomorrow and its responsibilities? Are sleeping pills needed? Do experiences of the past haunt you? Mistakes, blunders, someone might find out? How about the children? Do you see your own weaknesses in them? Does their conduct trouble you? Are you concerned about your age? Does the prospect of growing old trouble you? Is the problem of achieving self-esteem, security, peace of mind almost too much for you? Or let us say you are one of the fortunates. You have financial security, a wonderful family, social acceptance, personal prestige, but still you worry. You can't pinpoint your anxiety, but it is there. Yes, emotional stress and strain can be found in all walks of life. They are present in the employer and the employee, the rich and the poor, the person with fame and the man in the street. If you are burdened with worry, with the torment of mental and emotional strain, don't condemn yourself. Don't give up. Together, let us analyze this problem of worry, not with fear, but with the definite knowledge that as there is an answer to every problem, there must be an answer to mine. Of course, at the outset, we should realize that in every life, it is normal for problems and challenges to arise, as well as situations that cause concern. But these are far different from the great bugaboo, the habitual worry thought pattern. The following incident is indicative of such a pattern. A young girl pleadingly asked for help. Hers was a familiar story. Her mother was a chronic warrior. If the girl went out, the mother would always take up a post by the front window and remain there until the girl was safely home. Mother has always worried about anything and everything, the girl said, but her anxiety seems to be increasing. I am 19 and engaged to a boy that mother likes and trusts, but every time we go out, she almost has a nervous breakdown. If I am 20 minutes late, she becomes frantic, even to the extent of calling the police. Her attitude and actions are constantly embarrassing me. I love her very much, but something has to be done. Will you help her? I talked to the mother and she readily affirmed her daughter's story. She admired her daughter's fiance very much. She declared her complete faith in her daughter, but she said, I've always worried. I can't help it. Some of us are just made that way, I guess. Yet when I asked her, why do you worry so much? She replied, I just don't know. She was sincere. She really didn't know what caused her to worry, but a few months later, when she understood her fundamental problem, she was able to begin a successful program of reconstruction, which finally gave her dominion over her chronic worry pattern. Many people are like this mother. They have no idea the basic cause underlying their worry. All, however, believe that if certain material things, listen, all, however, believe that if certain material things could be obtained 
or certain environmental conditions changed, they would not worry anymore. But certainly most of us have experienced the fallacy of such a belief. We thought that after we obtained a certain position, a home, the love of a certain person, life would be perfect. But even after achieving these desires, our anxiety still persisted. An accomplished architect was asked to draw a plan for an office building. He was a man of experience and achievement. But when he was assigned to this new project, he started to worry. When he became aware of his anxiety, he reasoned with himself. This project was not unlike others he had successfully completed. He was technically and professionally sure of himself. For many years, he had been successful, but even after such reasoning, he still was worried. A salesman had an appointment with the client and became anxious and even worried about the meeting. He too paused and thought, I have a project to sell that is nationally known. I have the greatest confidence in this product. The buyer I am meeting is not unlike other clients to whom I have sold this merchandise. I know how to present my ideas effectively and with ease, but still I am worried. In fact, I'm so tense about this appointment, I can't even eat. Why did these men worry? In these illustrations, an important fact is revealed. There is no apparent reason why these men should be worried. Or if there is a reason, it is one of which they are not conscious. This leads to the important conclusion that most of the things we're worried about have no relationship to the worrying. In the case of the architect, the assignment of the new work and the fact that he is anxious about it must stand as two separate considerations if we're to understand the nature of his anxiety and arrive at a place where it can be overcome. We must understand that these two factors have no relationship to his basic anxiety, for anxiety is rarely directly related to a current situation, but arises out of a certain subconscious mental tendency of which we are not aware. The questions then arise, where does worry come from? How did it get started in the first place? It is broadly agreed that worry is a subconscious thought pattern. Psychology tells us that anxiety thought patterns, as they are called, were acquired either in infancy or in early childhood. Usually they are imposed on us by well-meaning but poorly informed adults through such simple sayings, as don't do that, you can't do this, you're a bad, bad boy, you're a naughty girl, the goblins will get you if you don't go to bed. These statements of rejection and condemnation were repeated so many times that the infant mind accepted them as being true. And the negative idea about the self by way of illustration is like a colored glass window through which thoughts like rays of light will be filtered and conditioned throughout the rest of our life. That is, unless the negative thought patterns are resolved. Today, when you and I worry, it is because we are observing a present situation that is colored, toned, and influenced by thought patterns created many years ago. In other words, because worry or anxiety thought patterns exist within us, we unconsciously attach them to the conditions at hand. I'm gonna say that again. Because worry or anxiety thought patterns exist within us, we unconsciously attach them to the conditions at hand. Actually, the architect, if he had not had a new assignment about which to worry, would have found something else to attach his anxiety thought pattern to, such as not having an assignment to worry about. It was like a monotonous tune 
being played over and over again in his mind and one from which he couldn't seem to free himself. When anxiety expresses itself through our mental attitudes, our whole thinking process becomes distorted. A person often becomes what is called a defeatist. He becomes fearful of even the most normal situations in life. He frequently is unable to control his thoughts and emotions concerning even the simplest activities. This mental disturbance carried to an extreme degree is called an anxiety neurosis. But this is not all. Worry attacks our body as well as our minds. Worry attacks our bodies as well as our minds. Behind many cases of high blood pressure and heart disease and an, is an insistent, insistent feeling of worry and anxiety. When anxieties express itself, our muscles contract. Less space is provided for the flow of blood. The blood vessels become crowded. When this happens, the heart is overworked in order to pump the blood through the circulatory system. In infancy, an anxiety pattern was established in the subconscious. The fact that it was established is not nearly as important as the fact that it could be. For there is not a thought pattern in the subconscious mind that hasn't been put there. Consequently, there is nothing in the subconscious that cannot be changed. We established the pattern unconsciously. We didn't know we were doing it. But we can consciously resolve the anxiety pattern if we so choose. Most of these negative thought patterns that have so unhappily lodged in our minds were put there by fear ignorance, insecurity, and doubt. These unconscious influences, which have so burdened us, very often remain active because we have been unaware that everyone in the world has a silent partner that accompanies them through life. Unaware of this truth, many persons try to go through life entirely on their own, so to speak. But we must believe beyond all doubt that there is a power greater than we are, a power that is available for us to use now. We must believe that life desires us to have only that which is beneficial, joyous, and good. This is where faith must enter. It makes no difference how much we know about the laws of mind because it is not enough just to believe that our minds are mirrors reflecting our inward unconscious thought into our everyday living. We need to add to this belief a knowledge which spiritual conviction alone can give us. What is it that we're reflecting in life? What do members of our families, our friends, our business and social contacts see in us? Is it something good or something bad? If we are oversensitive, depressed, withdrawn, perhaps we're reflecting a neurotic thought pattern. But even if we are, let us know there is something we can do to solve the problem and do it now. The basis for such reasoning is simple. Before we ever reflected a neurotic pattern of any kind, we reflected a divine pattern, whole and perfect, that is still with us and shall always be with us. In no way is it subject to the limitation of time or the sequence of events. We are rooted in pure spirit and in perfect life. 
We will be free from fear and uncertainty only when we find a faith and confidence and conviction greater than our former limitation. I'm going to say that again. We are rooted in pure spirit and in perfect life. We will be free from fear and uncertainty only when we find a faith, confidence, and conviction greater than our former limitation. For every fear then, we must find a faith. For every doubt, a certainty. And this we can do when we know of the availability of the power greater than we are. What happens to fear and anxiety when faith is introduced and confidence restored? Our fear and anxiety disappear, as does the darkness in the presence of light. This can occur because there is a place in every mind where thieves cannot break through and steal, where darkness has never penetrated, where fear is unknown. We can employ a good physician who will do everything in his power to help us physically. We can employ an attorney who will assist us in our legal affairs. We can employ a wise counselor to manage our financial matters. We can consult a psychotherapist who can help us straighten out our emotional difficulties, but we cannot employ someone to live for us. This we cannot do. We must do our own living. However, this is what is so wonderful about us. God has given the given the gift of life to us, a life that is unique and endowed with all the essentials necessary for joyous and creative living. But we must accept it. Then having accepted it, we will have to put it to use. In medical science, the doctors endeavor to set up an immunity to disease by injecting serums into the body. When people lack faith and confidence in life, a serum of faith must be injected deep within the unconscious that will cause an immunity to unfounded fears and worry. In other words, for every doubt, we must at once find a faith that overpowers our uncertainty. I'm going to say that again. For every doubt, we must at once find a faith that overpowers our uncertainty. This healing power with which we must become inoculated so that when we enter an atmosphere of anxiety, we will not succumb to its influence. Hello, the internet is actually a gift we have already been given, but which we must recognize as such and use. It is a power within us, a power that will protect us, a power that is always in action. What is this power? It is actually our faith and confidence in life itself. That's your power. Your faith and confidence in life itself. It is knowing ourselves as forever one with the spirit of God. It is in the consciousness of this spirit that we are to confide. It is with this spirit that we are to commune. It must become more real to us than anything else in life. This is the great reality. Through personal experience, we must know that the God within us is forever our friend. A friend who will never desert us. Jesus knew no fear, for he was one with the spirit that knows nothing about weakness. It was his identification with and his realization of the spirit within that gave him the confidence that overcame all worry and doubt. This same confidence can be ours. Now, there's nowhere we can go to find this power. It's not something that we have to create. The power is already at the center of our being. We merely use it. But to assert its presence is not enough. We must use it in confidence and faith. When we do so, we will find the spirit of a warm, loving presence 
filling our life, not only with the light of inspiration, but with confidence, strength, and security. The following are a few basic rules. Listen now, that will prove helpful in overcoming our worrisome thought patterns. First of all, if you are aware of definite ideas, circumstances, or conditions about which you constantly worry, they must be faced head on and confronted squarely. Having done this to the best of your ability, stop thinking about them. Stop reading about them. Don't talk about them. And if you find it necessary to be in the presence of a troublesome situation that you know is causing you to be tense, depressed, and anxious, do not become a party to such activity, but do what the Bible says, put on the whole armor of God. Know that whenever you put on the whole armor of faith, negative thoughts cannot assail you. With this world, what this world needs today more than anything is the actual proof, the definite and tangible result proven by people throughout the world who are willing to try the greatest experiment in which the human mind can engage, the practice of spiritual faith. I do not refer to people who superficially declare that they believe, but to those who are willing to put into constant action their faith in what they believe. For as Jesus said, you shall know them by their fruits. You shall know them by their fruits, by the results. Many people today have become so entrenched in worry thought patterns that they are indeed professional warriors. If you're a specialist in this field, and believe me, if you are not alone, if you are, you're not alone, why not become a specialist in the realm of faith? Nothing will ever give you such a sense of balance, peace of mind, security, or well-being. This you can do by applying the practice of faith through looking on the sunny side of life. First in your own personal life, next in the practice with your family, and then with all of your associations. And this includes the world. Remember that affirmative spiritual faith, as well as negation, is contagious. And when you make the great discovery that through your faith, not only your own mountains of difficulties can be removed, but other people's too, then and then only will you truly live. But how can I overcome my present emergency, you ask, by affirming your faith, by affirming the truth, by believing with absolute conviction in a new idea that shall create a new mental attitude. One of the most direct approaches to such a realization is through the medium of positive affirmation. The technique, however, is not a magic wand. (laughs) It's not just an intellectual feat or task. When you affirm a new idea, it involves feelings, emotions, It is more than the simple assertions of of words. You must feel with conviction that your words are the truth. There, of course, have been examples of immediate insight, understanding, and spiritual enlightenment. But unfortunately, such instances cannot be considered usual or general. The chief reason, undoubtedly, is simply that one is endeavoring to change or correct a thought pattern that has been 20, 30, or more years in thinking. The task ahead of you, therefore, is actually a relearning or a new learning process, a process of growth within yourself, whereby you gain new insight into your thoughts, feelings, and ideas. Such a process causes you to reevaluate the experiences in your life in terms of their true nature, rather than in terms of limitation, disappointment, guilt, fear, and worry. The positive affirmation demands faith. The positive affirmation demands faith, persistence, and conviction. Many have spent years participating in negative thought patterns. Such destructive patterns cannot be changed by a haphazard basis.
Okay, come on, practice. You can't devote five minutes a day declaring all is well and then spend the rest of the day proving that it is not. As in everything, one is rewarded according to the time spent in earning. Just know this. Ooh, just know this. If you will accept a positive affirmation as being true and consistently motivated with conviction, you shall be astonished by the amount of good you shall attract into your life. The following is an affirmation. Ooh. That has proved helpful and successful in the lives of many. It can help you establish your faith in the power which is greater and if used consistently can truly dissipate your worries. You ready? Breathe. The life within me is God life. Therefore, there is something within me that is never afraid. No matter what the appearances may be, there is something within me that is never anxious, for it knows only harmony, perfection in all things. I now feel this presence and know that all is well where I am, God is. And where God is, I am. Repeat this again and again until you feel that it is so. Your feeling, your attitude will determine your success. Don't allow negative defeatist thoughts to thwart your progress. Watch out for such danger signals as I'm not getting anywhere. I can't help worrying. I'm just made this way. Answer such defeatist thoughts with other affirmations such as I have the power to take dominion over the undesirable and negative thought. I have confidence and faith in myself. I am not afraid. Every moment my faith is growing and expanding. No negative thought can cause me to waver for my thought is one with God. You will find inspiration and satisfaction by creating your own positive affirmations to fulfill your every personal need. As you put into daily practice the suggestions given in this chapter, you will become increasingly confident in your ability to overcome your worry and anxiety. You will know that every moment of your life can be filled with understanding and security. When you are confronted with a condition or situation that previously would have caused you to worry, you will now take dominion. For you now know that within you is the availability of wisdom, strength, and courage of the very spirit of God. Amen. Thank you for listening. Talk to you soon.